Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm excellent, actually. It's good to be excellent. Excellent. It is. It's very good to be excellent. Yes. I'm happy to be talking to you this evening. This is great. I'm happy to be talking to you, too, and I'm glad we got it to work. Because <laughs> I was starting to get a little frustrated. I've been awesome. excited about this since you mentioned it, and I've just been like building up the excitement, and then it wasn't working, and I was starting to get very frustrated. So, Christopher Thompson, or Sir Christopher Thompson. Yes, I knighted myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody else was going to do it. <laughs> Sir, tell me. About this amazing horror collection you have. I must know. Uh, when did it start? Uh, well, I think my horror collecting really started uh, in, uh, I guess, in my mid-teens, around 16, 17, which is really when a lot of um, the merchandise started to become readily available okay and what year and uh well hold on (laughs) i was born in 75 so that would be i guess around the early 90s 9091 somewhere in that range okay now i don't know if you know but there is a very large difference in the collectible market up here in canada than what you have down in the u.s i didn't know so um, a lot of items that you would find in a like in a comic store or in online sellers or things like that. They mm. don't make it up here. Well, wow. We oh. don't have the same. We don't have the same population, first of all. Right. Um, and we just the market is not the same up right. here as it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same market penetration, especially when it comes to a lot of horror stuff. Like we get a lot of the mainstream stuff obviously i have no issues getting like my um neck and nightmare on elm street figures and a lot of the regular stuff that's out now crosses mm-hmm. the border very easily right back in the 90s however it was a completely different situation i can imagine yeah so my real horror collecting started actually it would have been shortly after i saw hellraiser 3 which was actually the first hellraiser movie i saw and oh. I managed to see that in theaters in a very, very small release. Oh, wow. Um, so That's that would awesome. have been, like I said, around 91, 92, I think, when that one came out. Mm-hmm. And I'd never so- seen Hellraiser before, but I knew, like, I knew about Pinhead. I knew the basics of the universe. I'd started reading Clive Barker a couple of years before that. So uh-huh. I was familiar with his work. Right. Okay. And I was um, hanging out with a, a high school buddy. And it was late at night, and we were like, let's go see a movie. So we went to this little theater in a town called Milton, and the theater is no longer there. Oh. And randomly, it had they had opened Hellraiser 3. So we were like, well, let's watch this. Oh, and in we went. There was literally us and, like, maybe three other people in there. Awesome. And I was just, like, I was completely and totally enamored with the visuals, with the story, with everything the costumes the makeup like it was just it blew me away i'd never seen anything quite like it before excellent so shortly after that 
um, there was a, an old comic store in a mall that I don't go to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, he had one of the screaming models pinhead kits, one of the very first ones. Oh, okay. And it was ridiculously expensive. I think it was about a hundred bucks. And this is like in the nineties, it was a hundred bucks. Yes. So <laughs> very costly. <laughs> um, so I scrimped and saved and asked him, can you please, please, please hold on to this for me. Mm-hmm. And I'd been in the store a number of times, so he knew me by that point. And he said, sure, I'll hang on to it for you. And I gave him, you know, a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. And finally, I had it paid off. And I was so excited. And I put it together. And I got it all painted up. And it looked beautiful. And it was on a shelf for many years. And then it got destroyed in a move. Oh, So no. I managed to score another one on eBay, um, I guess, about 15 years ago now. And I've left it in the box. So I have no intention of actually rebuilding it. Oh, yeah. But their um, Screaming Models actually went out of business in, I guess, the probably around the late 90s, around 97 or so, when um, the figure kit market really kind of died off. So they went out of business. But they had a lot of really great horror licenses. So a bit of a long story, but basically what happened is right around the, um, the late 1990s, um, a lot of companies out of um, China and Hong Kong and Taiwan, like that, they started to do called recasting. So basically, what that means is they would go out, somebody, and they would buy a sick copy of one of these model kits, and they would form their own molds around it. And they would then start selling at conventions and through online purchasing and things like that for considerably less than what the actual manufacturer was selling them for. So, as an example, if I paid $100 for an original screaming kit, I could buy one of these knockoffs for 15 or 20 bucks. Right. Of course. And if somebody just wants the kit, they're going to go, obviously, and buy the cheaper one because they don't know what the business is or what the market is. Right. So, unfortunately, that really killed a lot of that market. And screaming models, unfortunately, just had to, I mean, they shut down. Horizon models was another one, same thing. They had to shut down. Mm-hmm. Um Halicon, same thing, was doing figure kits. They had to shut down. So it just the really what happened is the counterfeiters killed the market. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so it was very upsetting. I do, I did manage to eventually get the complete collection of the Screaming Hellraiser kits, um, and I'll snap some pictures of them tomorrow morning and send them off to you so that way you can have them. Excellent. That was great. Very cool kits. And now and, I want them and, now that you can't get them anymore. Because, of course. That's <laughs> always the way. Yes. Um, they, are, they do float around on eBay, and some of them are actually relatively inexpensive still. Excellent. Uh, the um, Chatterer, Butterball, and the uh, Barbie Wild female Cenobite, they're usually, they float anywhere from 75 to $85. Mm-hmm. Um, the pinheads are a little more expensive, obviously, because they're pinhead. Right. And they also did a, um, a fantastic Dr. Chouinard figure from Hellraiser 2. One is very rare and much harder to find. I don't know if they just produce less of it mm-hmm. because of the overall size. Right. Because it, it's the figure as well as, you know, the snake penis-looking arm thing that kind of holds him up as he floats around? Yeah. That's actually attached to the head figure. That's awesome. So I mean, it's a whole huge standing piece. Wow. See, I would want that One for of their, sure. Their final kit was a, um, a smaller um, six-scale pinhead figure. Mm-hmm. And 
after that came out, they shut down. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, and they did, they had some fantastic licenses. And, I mean, really, if intellectual copyright was a thing in Asia, they would probably still be going. Right. Yeah. But the problem, of course, is there is no intellectual copyright in a lot of Asian countries, so they, it's not illegal for them to not opt these items. Right. And you need people to yeah. care. Like, I personally care. I do not buy knockoffs. I do not. Part exactly. of the fun for yeah, me the is to have the original. I want the original. I want it to be made the way the people who have the the right to license makes it. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. So I've yeah, never absolutely. been. I feel the same way about it, and I'm in the same way with with everything. Like my video games, since I don't buy third party components for them if I don't have to. Right. You know, everything I have is Sony original for my PlayStation and things like that. I'm, well, with one exception, but that's because I got my PS3 way late in the game, so I couldn't get the memory card reader. Right. But everything else is original Sony product. Right. So, and that's, that's just how I am with things like that. Like, I, I don't believe in knockoffs. I don't believe in counterfeiting. I don't believe in copying. Right. I, I want the original. Right. And that's the fun. And there's no fun in collecting if your whole collection is a full, full of a bunch of knockoffs. It's just not fun. Exactly. Part of the fun is, exactly. is the hunt. Even if you're looking for a yeah. deal, you still want the original. The the, the fun Absolutely. is going to like thrift stores and yard sales and comic book shops and just everywhere looking. It, there's no fun in getting a knockoff at all. And then Absolutely. there's no pride in, hey, look at my knockoff. No, the pride is look at my original thing that you can't get anymore, but also I have. That's mm -hmm. the pride. Exactly, and that's a, that's a large percentage of my collection. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's that's really where the horror collecting started. Um, I was awesome. a collector for of other things for many many years. Like ever since I was a a young kid, I've had that. Um, it's almost an obsessive completist sort of desire when it comes to collecting. I definitely have um, that. Yes. Yes. I know. That's, <laughs> When I was growing up, it was Transformers and DC Superpowers figures and Thundercats mm -hmm. and all of those really cool 1980s toys. Right. Which I've really never grown out of. Um, I think I've sent you a few little video tours and whatnot of my collection. Mm -hmm. And it's like I still have action figures like nobody's business. Awesome. I love your collection. I love them. I think they're. I think action figures are fantastic. They're and they're such better quality now than they were when I was a kid. Like, how can how can you not want an action figure? They're just so cool. I know. And it's, and I don't care what anybody says, it is art. And you, you, you mix the art with the nostalgia. And that's what yeah. it is. It's not just, I'm an adult weirdo collecting toys. It's art. It connects us it to some of the best times in our lives. That's what it's like a it's like a, a picture. Mm -hmm. It it holds a moment that we really cherish, or even a moment that we didn't have but we wish we had. But with that mm -hmm. collectible, we have it now, and it's exactly the way we imagined it because it's all fantasy. But it's exactly the way we yeah. imagined it when we had it. And then to complete yep. the collection and all the little pieces that go to it. Oh Lord, don't let the Swords, guns, all the little changeable parts in and out, helmets. Yeah, I'm a, I'm with and you about the a, completism. I love that. Yeah, there's such an amazing, just 
feeling of satisfaction when you're able to get that last piece. Right. I mean, it's, it's a combination. There's that satisfaction of, yes, now I have, I've completed that collection. My collection is complete. It's all fully displayed. But there's also that little kind of like, ah, like now, now there's no more of that that I need to get. Right. So, I mean, there's, the, there's that excitement, that satisfaction, like, yes, I achieved it. I have it all. I have the entire series. I have the whole set. Right. I have the complete run from one to a hundred of that comic series, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you have it. But then you think, well, now what? Right. I have that whole set. So then you move on to something new. Right. And then there's the limited and editions and the, the 20 year editions. And then there's some special mm-hmm. thing. Oh, and then the one, the things that they made that's just for when you go to the cons and that's the only yes. place you can get it. And then you get signed. Yes. And then suddenly your stuff gets next level. The collections start getting serious when you start getting them signed mm-hmm. from conventions. Mm-hmm. And yep, then you're you like, start, you know, <laughs> yeah, you have to travel and tracking these things <laughs> down and sometimes paying way overpriced eBay prices oh, or, yeah. you know, an action figure that sold for $24 right. that you're now paying $175 for. Right. Yep. But, you know, sometimes you, you just have to do it. Right. Sometimes you have to. And that might be your thing there. That's the thing about horror fans, comic fans, animation, all that. That's our thing. We don't buy cars and boats and whatever. We buy movies. We buy games. We buy collectibles. Mm -hmm. That's what we spend our money on. Mm -hmm. And because that's all we buy, it's fine. I mean, you would be super broke trying to have like a big fancy house, all the fancy cars, and then collect everything in the world. There's just no way. So, it's not possible. Like, unless I'm a CEO of some company and I'm making, you know, a million bucks a year, it, it's just, it's unfathomable right. to be able to do something like right. that. Right. Of course. And, of course, we all want the Batmobile. But instead, we go out and we get the little car because that's what we can afford. Exactly. And it still looks cool. Exactly. And there's, like, a whole bunch of them you can collect, too, and put them on the shelf. And it's awesome. But mm-hmm. that's another thing about horror fans that I always love. Like, we we, lo- you know, we like the big stand-up whatever that we'll never be able to afford. So we go with mm-hmm. the minis, because we can afford the minis for seventeen ninety nine at the corner store down the street. We can afford them. Exactly. It's cool. Or the, the poster. Or that movie. Yeah. Or, you know. We're, we're very pragmatic. Exactly. And a lot of us are very yeah. poor, so we have to go with the $10 <laughs> thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're we're not working these, you know, CEO jobs. You know, we're making, right. uh, depending on, you know, where we are, we're making, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. Right. So, like, we're not, you know, living high on the hog, and we're living paycheck to paycheck. So, when we can scrounge up that little bit of extra to say, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to splurge, and I'm going to buy that seventy dollars, slightly larger action figure. Right, and it makes it more special because we it had, it had to hurt a little bit. We had to dig deep for that $70. Now, that's amazing. And maybe we could get, like, another piece of that set or or a weapon that goes with it. And Mm -hmm. we watch the movie, and then we just dream. (laughs) And that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what's next? Right. You know, I would love a life-size Doug Bradley at Pinhead. I know it's completely impossible that I'm ever going to be able to get one, but I would love one. That's the, that's the dream. Right. 
life-size, life-cast, right. Doug Bradley figures. Right. And, I mean, there's a few of them floating around. You see some people have them in their collections, and some of them are custom-made, and others are, like, it's actually literally a life-cast that they managed to get off of one of the productions or something like that. Right. And I always think, wow, that's an amazing piece to have. Right. But I know it's... Uh, I know it's not realistic to think I'm going to have one in the next couple of years. Right. But it also you can... Know, eventually, could... maybe. Who right. knows? Right. Well, just keep hope alive because, you know, one of the things I always wanted to get were, were the um, big standing video games that used to only be in ar- arcades. And I was like, there's yeah, no yeah. way I'm ever going to have it. Well, got really lucky. One was found in a basement in somebody's house. They don't want it anymore. I'm getting it. The computer needs uh-huh. work, but I found somebody that's, um, that'll that fix the computer for $125. That was... It's, you can't go wrong. Right. So I'm like, see, it, it could happen. You just got to poke around yeah. in some basements. You got to be ready oh, for and have exactly. room. <laughs> have room for it. Exactly. Be willing to live well, without actual furnishings. But see, we'll, we we will willing to we will live without furniture, to have oh, yeah. the big lifestyle. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my my dining room has no dining room furniture in it. That's where a bulk of my collectibles are. There you go. See, my my seven foot tall matrix candy is in my dining room, and I don't have a dining room table because of that. Awesome. But I'm like, really? It's a matrix candy. I don't need furniture. That's I'll what I'm saying. Room in front of the TV. Right. <laughs> I'll sleep around it like a cat. <laughs> Exactly. It, it's yeah. fine. Totally fine. Yeah, I'll vacuum everywhere except under it because I'm not moving it. That's right. And not moving, ever, because no. And if I ever do, well, then that's going to be a pain and a half. Oh, man. But it'll be worth it. We know it. Whatever yeah, it, it takes, will. it'll be. It, it would be worth it, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, because we, we hopefully move to someplace bigger, which gives us more room to put in more cool stuff. Of course. And then all of, and then you can just get rid of all of your furniture except for like your bed and your TV, and the rest of the space is just floor split space for sure. Exactly, because I mean, really, what else do you need? You need a bed and a TV, and you know, all your collectibles, DVD players, whatever to play your movies. There you go. You're good. That's right. Don't need anything else. Exactly, and all your friends could be also fans and collectors, so they get it. They they get it. Oh, they get it. Right. Yeah, and they are, and and it's fine. who are, you know, equally obsessive when it comes to collecting. Mm-hmm. And I've met people who don't understand it. Right. And I find the people who don't understand it, you can't explain it to them. It's true. It, in it's a lot true. of cases, you can't. You can try, and they'll, in some cases, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it, but they really don't get it. Right. Well, see, and, and then there are the people who get it, but they like to act like they don't get it, like Red Sox yeah. fans. People who are, like, crazy sports fans and they have, like, no furniture, but they have, like, all the sports stuff. They have no pictures on their walls, but they have all the pinions and the pointy fingers and the, all their clothes are red. So they know. They know. They, they act know. like they don't they know because it's horror. They know. <laughs> they, know. they know. It's yeah. no different. Yeah. They don't realize it's the same mentality. It's just for something different. Right. Exactly. But they will claim up and down is completely different. It's completely different. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Completely you're right. different. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You're completely right. Right, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> and then two days later you see them on eBay bidding on some ridiculous thing oh, yeah. that they absolutely have to have. Right. And you're sitting back and you're going, yeah, that's like I do the same thing. Uh-huh. But I can't say anything about it because they're going to say, no, 
right. Whatever. Exactly. It's fine. Exactly. Some people just need to be right all the time. Right. And, you know, another thing, because I'm sitting here thinking about your story, your, your first Hellraiser and your first uh, buy. The story goes with it, too. It's always mm-hmm. a great story. It's never a lame yeah. story. The story's always great. Or maybe I'm biased because I'm a horror fan and a collector, so the story's always great all the time that goes with the collector, with the collectible. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I completely agree with you, though. A lot of um, a lot of what comes from the, like, the love that I have for a lot of my collectibles isn't so much for the collectible, but it comes from the story behind how I came across it. Right. Or, you know, the remembering that excitement that I felt when I first found out it was coming or when I first got it or when I opened that package in the mail and saw the, the box for the first time. Right. And to it is, is just that. And it's, it's that nostalgic feeling of, you know, not necessarily better times, not necessarily worse times, just the, the feeling. Right. It's the- and it's a feeling that, you know, you, uh, like I'm sitting here right now and, but from where I'm seated, I can look over and I see my Superman figures. I see my sideshow hedge um, pinhead. I see my sideshow hell priestess, and, and I'm looking at them, and it just brings me such a a feeling of joy when I remember how did I get these? How did I find out about them? How did I know what they were? How did I? What was the adventure exactly. in you know pre-ordering certain figures or scouring trying to find one that was sold out? Right. And it, it, it brings back such a feeling of joy and accomplishment and just such a sense of pride and happiness and, and just excitement all over again every time I, I look at them. That's awesome. That's, ex- that's exactly I, it. I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've had people come in here and, like, friends and, and guests and whatever, and I'm very strict, so don't touch my stuff. Like, right. You can look at it all you want, don't touch it. Right. And if I catch you touching it without my permission, I will break your hands. Right. <laughs> I will lift yeah, you up yeah. and toss you into the street. I am yeah, not. Like I am not if you joking. Wait more than me. I will figure out a way to throw <laughs> you out. <laughs> exactly. You touch my right. And that, you know, but they don't know. On my wall. Right. It's. Some it's, of them are functional. Don't touch my stuff. Right. And it's the. It's like the gold medal after you train for the Olympics. It's. It's all of it. It's from the. The moment you watched that movie when you were 17 to the moment mm-hmm. it arrived in the mail. Mm-hmm. It's all of it. And to have it broken mm-hmm. by some common movie watcher who doesn't get it is kind of offensive. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It's I mean, like, if what? I drop it and break it myself from my own stupid fault, well, that's my own stupid fault. Right. But if somebody else comes in and they're like, oh, this is so cool, and they pick it up and it falls, First oh of all, my that god! Was last time you were coming to my house, exactly. And second of all, <laughs> you now owe me this much money to replace right. it, exactly. And third, if I ever see you again, other than you bringing me cash to replace it, I may just have to hurt you. Right. It's real. Like that. You it say is. that, and and it's like, oh, you're you're not. No, I will. I will hurt you. I will risk mm-hmm. prison. You don't get it. <laughs> You don't yeah, know what exactly. I People went through. <laughs> right. It's like, you, uh, man, you don't know. You you know what? Just, mm-hmm. just I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Because <laughs> you don't get it. I'm not going to ask you to leave. I'm going to tell you to leave. Right. I'm it, going to show you the door. 
and hopefully I remember to open it before I push it. <laughs> just, just push him out the keyhole. There you go. It, right. It's just, you just want your collection to open be... Open the window. Shove him out the window. <laughs> right. Three floors down. You just want your collection... If you're lucky, you land on grass. Right. You just want your collection respected. But people think, well, exactly. they're toys. Well, but... See, the fact that you just said, well, they're toys is problematic, so, yeah. Yeah, right there. I mean, I, I know they're toys. I realize they're toys, mm-hmm. edit, but they're not toys. Cause, I mean, a toy is in that you play with. Right. And, I mean, I'll, I admit that I have, I have had days where, you know, I'll pick up a couple of my cheaper superhero figures and I'll repose them. And I'll do a little, oh, what if they're fighting? And just have a little bit of fun with them. Yeah. But, you know, a, that's a $15, $20 action figure. I'm not doing that with two and $300 statues. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, and I think that's part of the whole thing. You know, we were talking one day how it was amazing how the horror industry finally just got that there's money in horror Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how nuts the fandom is. Like we will pay dumb money. We will pay rent money for something. And like, I I would, yeah, I would go without eating for a week in order to pay for some of these items. Right. And I think it's, it's part of that. Well, but it's a toy, but, but it's a movie. It, it, no, it's it's more than (laughs) a toy and it's more than just a movie. Right. Like, uh, for me, um, I mean, Hellraiser, I have been, at this point in time, I have been religiously following Hellraiser for almost 30 years. Amazing. So, for basically two-thirds of my life, like, I just I just turned 45 yesterday. Um, so, basically, for two-thirds of my life, I have been religiously following Hellraiser. Right. I, I've gone, I have all of the movies, some in like, multiple formats for some of them. Right. Um. You know, the DVD to the Blu-ray to there's a couple that have on VHS brown still. Right. Um, the action figures, the the statues, the bikes, um, every, everything Hellraiser. This is the number one place for macabre cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news, go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out until the next one.